Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. Well, this morning I want to kind of piggyback off the message that I preached last week where we're talking about experiencing the favor and the blessing of God regardless of what's going on in the world around us. Amen. Uh, I want to talk about experiencing victory in the face of defeat. There is a, there's a great story in the Bible found in 2 Kings. I, uh, I tend to revisit my favorite stories. This is uh, not only on my short list of favorite Bible stories, but this is an incredible example of, uh, of trusting God, keeping your faith when the situations of life look pretty desperate. It's a story about abundant life that God has for us in the face of adversity. It's about experiencing the peace and the assurance and the joy of knowing that we have placed God in control over our lives and that our trust is in his holy truth. Amen? So in 2 Kings, the 6th and 7th chapters, there is this incredible story about four lepers. Who knows the story? Four lepers who survive these challenges of life when they decide to just step out in faith. Now, we live in a nation that is absolutely in desperate need of the truth, aren't we? we just, people don't trust the government. We certainly cannot trust the media. We're a nation that we just want to know the truth. And anytime we feel desperate or hopeless, what we actually need the most is a booster shot of God's truth in our life. But to fully understand the truth, we have to, we have, to have a good grasp on John 10, verse 10, which I'm going to mention this several times this morning. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Now, maybe you feel a little desperate today, or maybe you feel like, uh, you know, your life's just in a doldrum. I, whatever the case, God has abundant life for you today. Every new day is a gift from God to us. Amen? 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds, 86 trillion, 400 billion nanoseconds. And people complain they don't have enough time. Every day is a, a great gift from God. But there is one out there who des desires to steal that gift, right? To steal away our abundant life. He's always trying to steal away anything that God has for us in this new day. And whether or not this thief is going to be successful is really going to depend on the choices that we make. The big question is this, what exactly are you going to do with today? There's several choices you can make. You can make choices to do more, or you can make choices to do less, right? You can make positive choices, or you can end up making some negative choices. We've all got choices we have to make every day from the time we step out of bed to the time we get back in. You know, you can choose to be mad, or you can choose to be glad, you can choose to win people over or you can choose to turn people off. 
I've said before that when you really bring it all down to the kind of the grassroots level, our entire life is nothing more than thousands and thousands of choices that have all been strung together. Now, hopefully most of the time we make good ones, but I'm sure we've all made our share of, of bad ones. God made a choice a long time ago. The choice was for all of us to have life more abundantly. And you maybe you say, well, more abundantly than what? Well, more abundantly than someone who doesn't know Jesus. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much he loves us and is concerned for us. So let me ask you this morning, how many times have you ever worried about something that never happened? How many times? I mean, you've just gotten yourself all twisted up inside only to have nothing happen. This story this morning about these four lepers, I mean, it absolutely rags to riches. One of the original rags to riches story. It's a story that spotlights these four common outcast lepers who are absolutely doomed to die. And they just make a choice to live. This is going to be good because you know what they say, you, just, you can't beat a good leper story. The story begins kind of near the end of the 6th chapter of 2 Kings and then flows over into the 7th chapter. But the story goes like this. The king of Aram, or in other words, Syria, King Ben-Hadad, he had sent his entire army to surround the city of Samaria, which was known as the city on a hill. These are the ruins today of Samaria, the city on a hill. Now, the nice thing about being a city on a hill is that it's very easy for you to see your enemy coming, right? The bad thing about being a city on a hill is if the, your enemy completely surrounds the city, then you are stuck. And that's what has happened here in this story. The city was completely surrounded. Nothing could come into the city. Nothing could go out. The Syrian army had the place locked up. And because they couldn't get any supplies into the city, it didn't take long and all the, the food had just about been used up. To be perfectly honest, all of the real food was gone. Because right now, as you read this story, they are eating all kinds of weird, nasty stuff. Let me read verse 25 in chapter 6. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of dove dung for five shekels. All right. All the real food is gone. They've eaten all the beef. They've eaten all the grains and the breads. They've eaten all the chickens. They have eaten everything that remotely tastes like chicken. They have apparently eaten all of the donkeys because all they've got left are donkey heads. And you have to be wealthy just to buy one of those. It's going for 80 shekels, which at that time was equal to 40 pieces of silver. Now think about it. 
That's 10 more pieces of silver than Judas is going to get a thousand years into the future for betraying Jesus. And this is for a donkey head. How much meat could there be on a donkey head? I'm thinking you kind of scrape off the skin, you scoop out the brains, you put it all in a big pot and make some donkey head broth. I'm getting kind of hungry. But that, that was still, that was for the rich folks, right? The common man, and here's where this thing just really starts to get interesting, is shelling out five shekels for one-fourth of a bag of dove doo-doo. And not everybody can do that. That's two and a half pieces of silver. I got to tell you, there have been, I would not be able to prove this in a court of law by looking at me. There have been times in my life I was so hungry, I would eat almost anything. Anybody been there? But I got to say, I don't think there's anything in the world that would get me to eat a bag of bird doo-doo. I don't care if it's dipped in chocolate with little sprinkles on it. There's no way. And as bad as that is, how many of you will agree, that is just nasty. Cindy will, as soon as she stops laughing over here. <laughs> Doesn't even feel sorry for these poor people. Just laughing at the misfortunes of others. I... <laughs> it gets a lot worse. You say, how can it get worse than eating dove doo-doo? Well, I don't want to mess up your lunch, or is that that's too late, right? The scripture, this story tells us that things get so bad that people started to eat their own children. A woman goes before the king, this is in the story, and she asks for presents with the king. The king lets her come in, he says, what's wrong? Here's the woman's story. She said, this woman approached me and said that if we, would, if we would cook my son and eat him, when that was all gone, then we would cook her son and eat him. But we cooked my son, we ate him, and now she's hiding her son. These are the problems the king is dealing with. He's about to go nuts himself. So this is how bad, you know, what do you say about that? I don't know. Anyone who says the Bible is boring, doesn't know how to read, apparently. This is not boring stuff. This is incredible. But I, I got to thinking, if you had to look for one silver lining in this very dark portion of history, it would be this. As a parent, I would venture to guess that never before in the history of man, nor since that time, have children been more well-behaved than those kids in Samaria. They made their beds. They took out the garbage. Siblings probably didn't argue with each other. You know, young boys voluntarily took baths. And I'll tell you one thing they didn't do, I'll bet. They didn't complain one time about what they had to eat. Oh, mother, I simply love how you've prepared this delicious chicken fried dove doo-doo. That's right, we got some kids in here. You kids need to pay attention to this. If times ever get that bad again, some economic forecasters say it's going to get really bad. Let me just say, whichever one of you causes your parents the most grief, first one in the pot. It's just something to think about down the road. So you get the idea of how incredibly horrible 
things were. They're surrounded on every side. They are out of supplies. They're out of food. They need help. They need restoration. They are completely surrounded with trouble. And maybe maybe you, somebody, there's people that feel that way today. They're just surrounded with trouble. They feel like there's no way out. Well, hang in for a minute because God provides to our lives in huge ways. So for one reason or another, the king of Samaria, he, he decides that this is probably that prophet Elisha's fault, that this horrible calamity has come over them. Doesn't say why he came to that decision, but he did. And the king, he decides he is going to hold Elisha personally responsible for this whole thing. And he cries out in despair. He says, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha remains on his shoulders today. So he calls the guards and tells them, bring Elisha to me so that we can cut off his head. And as Elisha approaches the king, here's what Elisha says. He says, hear the voice of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a say of flour will sell for a shekel and two says of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now this sounded crazy. Each say of flour is about equal to a bushel basket, and a shekel is about 65 cents in today's money. People were paying 80 shekels for a donkey head. Two and a half shekels for a bag of bird dew, and they're going to get a whole bushel of flour for one shekel. Sounded impossible. So impossible that about that time, one of the king's closest advisors, he yells out to Elisha. He says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, he says, you expect us to believe that, holy man? What, are the windows just going to open up from heaven and this food pour down on us? Even your God can't do that. Well, as you can imagine, Elisha didn't think too much about this heckler. This guy was so stupid. Because there's nobody that knew how to deal with hecklers like Elisha. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, if you read previous to this, you'll find out there was a time when there was a bunch of kids heckling Elisha because he was bald. He pronounces a curse on him, and these two big old bears come out of the woods and eat him. This is the kind of guy you don't want to get all riled up. Right? So Elisha, he says to this guy, he looks him right in the eye, and he says, you're going to see this with your own eyes, but you will not partake thereof. This heckler's problem was he was just filled with doubt. And how many of you know, you know, it's easy to point a finger and say, boy, that guy was a big jerk, but man, it's easy for doubt to creep in when things are this tough, right? But he was one of those guys the devil always tries to use to kind of rain on your parade. Satan has got several weapons that he uses against us so that we won't experience the abundant life in Christ. I refer to them as the five D's. The first one is doubt. Doubt makes you question God's word, makes you question if God is even real, question his goodness. The second D is discouragement. 
Boy, Satan loves to use discouragement because it, it gets us to focus on our own problems instead of focusing on God. Diversion. Diversion makes the wrong, the wrong thing, things seem attractive so that you're going to want them even more. Defeat. It just makes you feel like you're a failure. And, and you're most likely just going to throw in the towel and quit trying. And the last is delay. Boy, this is a good one. People that have good intentions, but they never get around because delay. He keeps you putting off what you know you should be doing. And when he uses these weapons, one of your greatest weapons, again, is John 10.10. 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So here's Elisha. His faith in God has kind of taken him out on a limb here. I mean, this is just a pretty big prophecy that just came out of his mouth. This famine had probably been going on for several months. There was no apparent sign of any change anytime soon. And yet Elisha is telling the king that in Less than 24 hours, everything is going to be back to normal. In fact, there's going to be such a surplus of food that it's going to be selling at bargain basement prices. How on earth is God going to do this? Who or what is he going to use to accomplish his will? Well, enter the stars of this story. These four unnamed lepers. We don't even know what their names were. For they are complete outcasts of society as lepers were at that time. So poor and destitute, they've got nothing. They're starving. They don't even have any bird doo-doo to eat. And they're just sitting there at the city gate. There is no hope left for these guys. See, before this, they were always completely dependent on others in the city to bring them out their food scraps to eat. That's what kept them alive. That's all they ever had were other people's leftovers. Well, I don't have to tell you, when the rich are eating donkey head soup and everyone else that can afford it is eating bird dew, there are no table scraps to go around. So they get to talking. They say, well... What are we going to do, guys? Are we just going to sit here till we die? We need a plan. And one guy says, well, if we go into the city, they don't have any food either. We're going to die in there the same. One guy says, yeah, but if we just stay sitting around here, you know, like a bunch of stooges, we're definitely going to die. One of the four doesn't say which one says, well, here's what we're going to do. Let's just march down the hill and surrender to the Syrian army. And the other three looked at and said, are you crazy? They'll, they'll kill us for sure. And the guy said, well, great. What do we have to lose? You know, if they keep us alive, we live. But if they kill us, that's better off than dying this slow, horrible death of starvation. Now, maybe there's been times in your life where you just kind of felt like one of these guys, just no reason to live you're discouraged, you're lonely, you're scared, you feel like an outcast with no one offering help. But I tell you, get ready, because these guys are about to become the stars of the story. 
verse 5 says, They rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. It says, When they reached the camp, to their surprise, not one Syrian soldier was there. No enemy in sight. It's like spooky shadows in a dark room. You turn the light on and the thing you thought was a creepy monster is just your, you know, shirt hanging on the wall. Remember Psalms 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. I like what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, Take heart, my friend. God is in full control. Nothing happens on earth that brings a surprise to heaven. Talked about that last week. God is not surprised by COVID-19 or any other disease. God is not surprised by marriage difficulties. He's not surprised by job layoffs. God is not surprised by wars or rumors of wars. He's not surprised by good news or bad news. God is not surprised by the outcome of elections. Doesn't catch him at all off guard. Now, there is no angel running frantically down the hall screaming, oh my goodness, we better hurry and tell God what just happened. He's not going to believe this. That never happens, does it? The only surprises in this life really are the surprises that God has for us. The lepers, they, they get down there, the camp is empty. Once again, how many of you have ever worried about things that never happened? And that's why over and over again in God's Word, He tells us, don't be afraid, just trust me. That's the key right there. Don't be afraid. Just trust God. Trust Him with your health, your children, your tough decisions, your finances. Don't be afraid to tithe. Trust Him with your finances. I threw that in for free as any good preacher would. The truth is this. When you place your trust in God, the devil takes off running. And God is then free to bless your life. When these four lepers walked into that Syrian camp, God had a huge surprise for them, didn't he? God had caused the entire Syrian army to hear not four lepers coming down the hill, but rather they thought they heard an entire legion of horses and chariots and thousands of foot soldiers that scared the daylights out of them. And I mean, those dudes ran out of that camp like their pants were on fire. They got out of there fast. Verse 6 says, For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents, their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. Yet the Lord used these four unnamed lepers to bring restoration to the city of Samaria. Why? Because they just made themselves available and they were willing to take a step in faith. Now, don't you know when these four starving dudes walked into that camp that was overflowing with food and supplies, gold and silver, man, they were leaping for joy. 
They were four leaping lepers. Not to be confused with ten lords of leaping. That's a different story. Four leaping lepers. Psalm 44.3, they did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strength that gave them the victory. It was by your mighty power that they succeeded. And it was because you favored them and smiled on them. I love to read the blessing of Deuteronomy 28.1-13. It tells us what God is going to do for us if we're striving in our life to please Him. I want to read it for you. Hang in there. It's a little bit, not too long, but it's, it's incredible. Here's the promise from God. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you an oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and you walk in his ways, then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the youngest of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in the season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. Our government needs to read that. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be on top and never at the bottom. Man, that's great, isn't it? The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. How many of you get tired of feeling like you have a tail sometimes? You want to be the head. All you have to do is obey the Lord and follow His commands. So here comes the end of this story this morning. I love, love this story. It has all the ingredients that especially us men like in a good story. It has intrigue. It's got suspense. It's got your good guys and your bad guys. And it has a good dose of grossness that us men kind of enjoy in a good story. And best of all, it's got one of those what I would call a great Clint Eastwood type of ending where the bad guy doesn't just get it, he gets it good. Us guys, we love these kind of stories. Verse 7 says, Therefore the Syrians rose and fled at twilight. Man, they just took off running, left everything behind. The four lepers went into the first tent and they just ate and drank themselves silly. They were starving. They went into another tent, started hauling off just all the gold and silver that they could hold. And then from other tents, and there's just, there's just so much stuff, they couldn't believe it. And all of a sudden, one of them said, hey, wait a minute, you guys. They all stopped and looked at him. 
They said, you know, this, this isn't right. Now they think he's crazy. The guy says, I mean, this is a day of good news, and yet we remain silent. Man, is that a message to the church? Or There's a whole sermon in that one sentence. This is a day of good news, and yet we remain silent. And how many Christians are guilty of this today? Come out at four and join Brother Henry. This is a day of good news, yet we remain silent. It says, if we wait until morning, surely some punishment will come upon us. Let us go now and tell the king this incredible thing that we have found. So they went and they told the king. And the king is obviously just a little suspicious. He's wondering if this is a trap. So he sends out five troops with horses just to see if it's true. And when they found out it was, when they returned with just a portion of the gold and the silver and all the food, the city went crazy. And they all made this huge dash to head out the city gate. They're all starving. A starving, huge crowd of people making a mad dash for the food table. It's like one of our, you know, Sunday evening buffets or potluck dinners. No, this is crazy, right? And, and if you've got a kind of a warped sense of humor, like I do, here comes the good part. Wouldn't you know it, just when this starving, frenzied mob goes storming out of town, guess who happens to be standing right in the middle of the city gate? The heckler. The king's advisor who had heckled Elisha. Oh, I tell you, as they say in Texas, that old boy got squashed like a horse biscuit in a Shriners parade. Man, he got it. He didn't just get it. Man, he got it good, didn't he? The prophecy of Elisha had come true in less than 24 hours. He saw the food and the spoils with his own eyes, but he tasted not thereof because he got squashed. Man, what an amazing story. We're worried about how is COVID-19 going to come to an end? How, you know, the government problems going to... Hey, God can take care of it the moment He wants to. But I close with this this morning. These, these four lepers, they give us two very simple but very incredible spiritual lessons. The first lesson is, don't be afraid, trust in God. That's a power, if we could just get that into our heads all the time, how much, uh, you know, would we make our life a lot easier and more stress-free? Don't be afraid, trust in God. And the second lesson they tell us is that we cannot remain silent. We can't remain silent, especially in these days that I believe the Lord's return is much, much closer than any of us could probably guess. We can't remain silent. These four lepers found the answer for their restoration. They had discovered this abundant life. But they also realized it would be very, very wrong for them to keep this good news just to themselves. 
Matter of fact, they said they would probably be punished for keeping that good news to themselves. Something to think about, right? They felt very compelled to share this secret of this newfound abundant life with everyone they knew, an entire city on a hill. Those of you this morning who are experiencing God's abundant life, you, you shouldn't just be hoarding all of this blessing from God for yourselves. It should cause us to feel compassion for those who are still hungry. Those who have this thirst for abundant life, but they just don't have a clue where to find it. We have those answers, don't we? This is a day of good news. We can't keep it to ourselves. God's abundant life is ours just for the asking. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.